She was intimidated by you, mm-hmm. by your ex-presence. All right, should, you should leave this shit out of the podcast. Do not oh, put that shit, we started already. I'm sorry, it's oh, already. Oh fuck, it's live, man. Well, all right. <laughs> I guess I'll just not send him that link then. <laughs> Anyways, Lelo. Uh, hello, guys. Welcome to part two of the three-part series. For those of you who guys are loyal, who, who are loyal, my fans, shout out to Snazzo. Who else is a fan? All the ladies are my fans, because you guys are basic and you don't have fans. Anyway, uh, we did a... Um, okay. What? It's fine. It's women's here, man. It's fine. Please, your ego yeah. is aside. Okay. Let's go. We did an episode, for those of you guys who are keeping up, we did an episode called Losing My Religion a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Uh, this is now part two because you guys said it was very one-sided. But so also, we got a young guest here. Uh, to interrupt you there, uh-huh. let's not commit to it being a three-part series because we might just keep. We will going. try and make it a three-part series. Welcome to part two. What if it's more than we three are, parts? I'm saying, what if it's more because there are more people who wanna. What other religions are you guys gonna ask about? I mean, I have a friend who's a yogi who wants to come and Does talk it about. Come? No, she's a spiritual person. She's like that whole thing, you know. It's not all about religion. Yeah, it's not all just about okay. religion. Okay, so let me let so me stop that. Faith. Okay, sharp. Let me stop that again. All right. We are making the one episode a multiple series. Yeah, it's a series. As far as we can take it. Yeah. So basically, we'll be just looking at everyone's or a lot of people's faith, faith religion, and religion, belief. and how they navigate, you know, their lives through it because a lot of those institutions are still based on traditional values and stuff like that where now as millennials we have to find find a way to navigate this in a way that still makes us feel in tune with the religion and with the with our spiritual guides and advisors and all of that but still also living our lives the way we should be i look forward to the yogi lady is it a lady or a guy lady yeah, I need to ask about chakras. But anyway, this yeah, episode, chakras, yes. this episode we have a guest, so you'll be hearing a little less of us and a little more of someone else. Would you like to introduce yourself? Introduce the guest. Oh, we all have our own introductions here. Shabbatupas. Yeah, all right then. <laughs> you go by Zbu or Karim. Uh, Karim school. We have Karim. Karim. Uh, here with us today, he's graced us with his presence, which is amazing because everyone else flaked on us. They know themselves. Let that sink in. Brother Karim. Uh, oh, kind of we, we we keep it in English. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, because we've, we've got we've got fans in the states. In the yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out, shout out. Okay. Tell us about yourself. Uh, what's up guys my name is abdullah karim you guys can just call me karim osbu which other whichever one works best uh, i'm from pta i've been a muslim now for i think it's going on eight or nine years so were you eight or nine years meaning you were not born in you know i can really be born in a relation but you were not raised as a muslim no i was raised as a christian Oh, for how long? My whole life, both my parents are Christians. So I was raised in the Methodist tradition, baptized there. But I'm a Sunday school dropout. I never got confirmed. Yeah. Shout out, shout out. I'm not. You got confirmed. Oh, you, you, you proud. 
How does the, the, the body of the Lord taste? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't really count, does it? Did you taste the body of the Lord? It doesn't exist. How can you taste something that doesn't exist? Also, he doesn't, he doesn't drink, so he doesn't know what the blood of the Lord tastes like either. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So you were, you were confirmed, so when, when did the switch to, to Islam happen? Happened How maybe, happen? that happened when I was probably 23. I'm turning 30 this year, so... Before I became a Muslim, though, I was a Rastafari. Okay. When I was 16, I uh, decided to part ways with the Christianity, with the Christian tradition that I was raised in, because I felt it wasn't serving me and my African perspective of spirituality at the time. Mm-hmm. And when I learned about His Imperial Majesty Haile Selassie, I felt like that was more something I could could vibe with. Also, at the time, I was like a heavy smoker, so it made sense. It made more sense to me be in that line because I was very influenced by Bob Marley at the time but also at the same time I was also like reading speeches Zaga Malcolm X while I'm reading speeches Zaga Haley Selassie so Islam always like it interested me I would say yeah. yeah it lingered and then like as I was going through high school I remember uh, there was an incident like my first interaction or I could say introduction to the Quran was when I was watching a docu-series called The Arrivals about the arrival of the Antichrist and it was filmed and created by Muslims. So in that series there was a part of the Quran where it mentioned the birth of Isa salam or Jesus Christ and uh, the first miracle that he was blessed with which was speaking from the cradle to exonerate his mother from the sin of um, being unchaste as like her Jewish community was saying Wuti, she's she just came in with a baby, her parents were good people, how can she just come to so she was a baby? Home yeah, that's that was Jewish. the Jewish <laughs> the Jewish claim and yeah. blasphemy towards her. So he was there too like like she in the Quran she was made to take a vow that she wouldn't speak on the day her child was born and he would speak on her behalf. Wow. So that he can take that claim away. So then when, when I uh, heard that passage being recited from the Qur'an, it struck me, it stayed with me. Although I didn't follow through on it, I just, I was just like, this is something different. It's interesting. Yeah, it made me, that made me, that like sparked my interest in the Qur'an. As I said, Malcolm X sparked my interest in Islam. My interest in the Qur'an was sparked by that documentary. So then fast forward a few years, um, in varsity, Going through some stuff, I had a negative experience towards my the end of my varsity years. Uh, I crashed a car with the golf, which put things in perspective for me. Like I, I always used to wonder, like, what, where, where would my soul end up if I had died in that accident? Which I never really had an answer to. And then as time went on, um, I started spending more time around like my maternal grandmother's house which is close to a mosque in Pretoria so then whenever I'd hear like the other and the call to prayer it would also just pull at my heartstrings I'd I'd always wanted to find out what 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 is this actually about so then in 2013 that's when I actually took steps to try and read up and learn what is this thing called Islam what is this thing called the Quran who is this being called Allah who is this prophet called Muhammad alayhi salam? 
and I think it was in the Ramadan of 2014 I took my shahada which is the testament of faith yeah and then since then I've been a Muslim but my practice has been on and off only I could say in about the last four years I've, I've been solid with it I've stayed on the team but pretty much that's how I got to where I am now I have, a, I have a question and it's more about the history of, of the faith. You mentioned um, Mary, is it Magdalene, Mary Magdalene? No, no, Mary Magdalene was the woman that Jesus met while he was a grown man. So, Jesus' mother. Yes. So how does, so I know technically even though in reality Christians and uh, Muslims sometimes don't get along, most times. Most times. More often than not. <laughs> um, in 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 history, where does because if you're saying there's you, you, Mary and Jesus, and we have Mary and Jesus in our in our religion, mm-hmm. and apparently they're all Abrahamic religions, mm-hmm. meaning they. How do I phrase my question? Where does it split, essentially? Okay, so when it comes to the three Abrahamic faiths, it's important to note that. Abraham was neither a Jew nor a Christian. Was he a pagan? No, he was definitely not a pagan because he didn't associate any partners with the one true Lord of the heavens and the earth. So he was a strict monotheist. That was his religion. Define that again? What is that? Strict monotheism is where a person believes in only one supreme being without any partners or associates to delegate um, their divinity or rulership over creation. So that was the religion of Abraham. And then before before that's before now the Torah, which is the holy book of the Jews, and the Gospels, which are considered the holy books of the Christians. So all these prophets that came after Abraham are actually his descendants through either Isaac or Ishmael. Mm-hmm. So Isaac was the child that uh, gave birth to Jacob who in the Christian Bible, his other name is Israel. He had 12 sons who were the 12 tribes of Israel. And then Ishmael, he had sons in the Bible that are called, uh, his descendants are called the princes of Kedah, which is a region in the Bible which is used to uh, specify the Arabian Peninsula. So, which it also gives rise to an interesting, uh, what do you call this, prophecy in Isaiah 42 which specifically mentions a prophet from that region who will rise up to teach the people a new song. And it mentions about three uh, nicknames, you could say, of the prophet Muhammad, which obviously it doesn't deal with like the Prince of Peace, which is in another prophecy of Isaiah. So the split, you could say it happens where after the Jews who were given the law by Moses, comes the Christians who they their their whole like not to offend any Christians but like the gospels that are in the Bible are not the gospel that Jesus may peace be upon him uh, preached because whenever uh, Jesus may peace be upon him preached he said that he, the word was with him but he never had a book with him you see so the gospel according to Jesus isn't the same gospel as the ones written in the Bible. Hence why there's something called red text where it's Jesus' words and then the other uh, text in the verses, it's usually like the... Yeah, it's like the divinely inspired word that was given to the different authors. 
which Bible uh, scholar, biblical scholars, they they still not particularly sure who those people actually were. Mm. So you could say that the split actually came about through, I wouldn't say dogma more than just traditions, because with the with the Jews there isn't much of a split between Jews and Muslims. Because I recently learned that like uh, a Jewish person can come into a mosque and worship and pray but he can't go into a Christian church and do the same thing because with the Christians the strict monotheism isn't adhered to since because of the triune conception of the divine being which is that the whole father son and the holy spirit yeah, yeah. which it's not it's not anywhere mentioned in the bible that there is such a being who is triune it's a conception that comes from pagan traditions in actual fact if you look at the history hence why even the easter we're about to celebrate it actually has its roots in pagan tradition so you seem to oh sorry to interrupt you but you seem to know a shitload about the bible i don't know if you guys know the bible i personally don't know the bible so how did your parents feel when you didn't say this christianity thing of yours obviously i think like any like any parent who tries to raise their children like they were raised that they were concerned at first especially because of the misconceptions around islam yeah uh which mind you they they like they're not just directed at non-muslims even muslims are victims of the misconceptions about the religion was something i've learned recently as well uh they were concerned at first but my partner reassured them that certainly like if i was trying to divert my path from like the self-destructiveness that led me to my accident and whatnot it it definitely could bring about some form of benefit for them and me so she encouraged them to just let me be on the path see how it would turn out and at the moment i would say they're more happy with me than i was before i was a muslim i don't know please that's interesting what about you? Because apparently, stories that I hear that you also is it? Do you convert to uh, to Islam or you? You revert to you Islam. Revert. Yeah. Go back to your default setting. Exactly. No. Yeah. I so was, what happened with you? Because you. I'm sure it involves a woman. You. you I'm, yeah. checking, <laughs> you I'm checking your beard, brother. It's mashallah. <laughs> you know what can I say? I mean, um, so yeah, no. It's, it's for me. My journey also. Uh, I identify with your journey quite um, quite a lot because I was also in the same thing, you know, raised, born and raised as a Christian, very, very heavily Christian family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the other side of the family, my father's side is more was more very traditional in the roots that we had, you know, it's only traditions. But my mom raised, raised us as Christians, you know, mm-hmm. and she was one of those Christians where it was just like, it was very traditional traditionally based way uh, we were not like your normal Christians we were Seventh-day Adventists so oh, yeah, yeah. those are like serious Christians yeah it wasn't, it wasn't play play <laughs> the rest of us are playing <laughs> yeah, yeah playing games yeah, yeah. they look at everyone else and say man no, the, the, you think I'm God not, is going to take you not to take, not to take like the other Christians just I know Seventh-day Adventists they, yeah. they go heavy like I know like a couple that 
for example, they don't even have they don't have a TV or a microwave in their house. Imagine that. Uh, I mean, that that block the communication. God currently can't see through that. No, no. Also, our weekends. I mean, our weekends. Like Friday night was just like a crazy thing in the house. When you think about it, when you go back and think. Wow, we really did that. What did you do on Friday night? The Sabbath has started, so no TV, no nothing, nothing of the worldly things, you know. So oh, it's just like the Jews where you can't, you, you got, you, yeah. there's no work. There's nothing. Oh God, can't even open a door. Nothing. Thank goodness, and then you go to church yeah. on the Saturday up until sunrise. My mom was one of those people who stayed the whole day at the church. <laughs> My goodness, that was borderline abusive. Mother. Um, but yeah, you know, we, um, so I've, I've always been someone who questions a lot of things and I've, I've, you know, my mom would be called into Bible study almost every other day because they'd be like, your son is asking too many questions or he's just, it would be disruption, you know, because I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. So you mean he just got out and walked <laughs> on this water? Wow. Can you Didn't he just this? have like six fish? <laughs> so it was like all of those things, you know. And the older I got, the more the questions became, you know, very valid, and I couldn't get the answers. Like once I get to a point where I can't get a valid answer from something, I lost quick interest. Because yeah. the same way you're saying, it wasn't serving you. So you know, I've always been in search of something. So it's for me, it started with leaving Seventh Day Adventism and going to other churches, and you know, finding out what's the mechanisms yeah. there. Exactly, I went to you know. For a couple of months, I was in a Catholic church, you know, and while in varsity early on, you know, I went to his people. That was very nice. I really enjoyed that. That was a very enjoyable. What's like, that? Um, it's like... It's like charismatic of, Yeah, the charismatic church. Well, well, it's like the Hillsongs of the Lord. Exactly. Well, well, I also okay. went to Hillsong for a few months, you know. But still, it was... I enjoyed the presence there but everything else still and when I got home and I went back to my place it was like nothing was tying me into anything and then I met a friend and started talking about you know her journey and everything and how she became Muslim and all that and it did involve a woman. It did involve a woman. It did any moment in life where you start moving in the right direction always always involves a woman and it doesn't have to be like someone that you're sleeping with or romantic relationship but a woman that's always is always someone that's gonna guide you in a certain way whether it's you now changing your ways from being a hoe to being a man who wants to be married i disagree it's because you've met no, no you listen because no. it hasn't come yet you saw Listen, I mean, that yeah. pivotal moment hasn't come. Yeah, yeah you haven't even like, asked me why I disagree, but I like, no, it hasn't come. Wait, 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 let me finish. Like, my analogy is like, even if it's like you right now, the reason you're going to change from this man who doesn't believe in relationships, you're going to meet a woman that's going to make you believe in that thing. Some way, somehow. You're going to believe it. Trust oh, me, the oh, woman oh. that you're going to meet and going to make you that. Like, you hear all the stories of these guys who used to live lives like. Yeah, and then he, he just met this woman and he just knew she didn't do anything different he just knew this woman was just you know mm. it's always that and for me it was i mean i mean gay people can have the very same story about a man they admit a man who changed their lives uh, or they met a woman or they met a woman that made them realize that women are not the way for them 
still involved in yeah, life. still no. you know <laughs> a woman can no. take you can take you from a life or a pure you, life and so then let's you, go back to how to how this woman helped you find Islam go no like you know she's she she just gave me books to read and all of that like I feel like the in the the the, the world works right is you meet people that um that you need in your life and at that point in time I was very very lost and whoever I met and was willing to give that information would have had an influence on me and mm. she was that you know she kind of could tell that this brother here is looking for something and I was looking for something you know she had a lot of friends who were christians who were jews or whatever but she wasn't trying to do anything yeah, she, wasn't she was just like yeah she was just like you know our, our conversations always led to that because you'd see okay you really curious about this you know here's a book if you want to read it you know and the reason i say it was my journey because it was my journey she just gave me a book narrated and i started doing my own research and then months passed the next time she saw me i was like listen i'm kind of curious can you know i want to try something so, okay cool let's start going to the to the masjid on, on campus once in a while just you know meet with the guys there and just see what you want you know and I mean, I was on that journey for about two and a half years, I must say. Um, but also, as soon as I got to a stage where I found things that I didn't like, and for me, that was even, it wasn't even a religious thing. It was more of a, the systems in place, you know, were just not something that I, you know, something I want to touch on with you, you know. What didn't you like, if I may ask? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's always bacon, damn it, pork. No, like you know, takes bacon like I miss how you taste. No, man, like you know, <sighs> like things that just didn't make sense to me. Of how okay, then I did eventually meet a woman, you know, um, and I was like, all right, cool. This, uh, you know, I wanna get to know this person, but then could never be in the same room with her by herself things like that and people tried to make sense of that like, okay cool wait what, if, what religion was she she was muslim okay yeah i met her at this masjid and we're like okay cool i you know um i wanna pursue things and but now the moment i tried to do that it was like okay cool you're gonna do this you need to meet a family you need to do this mm. that the date that we went to you know, one of her um, male siblings. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, yeah. So I was yeah. like, and then it was already marriage talks and all of that, and that's another. I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but Slowly it's fine. That's um, you know, not <laughs> even that. Like at that point in time, and she was like also helping me with the journey, and but then also looking, seeing how black Muslims are being treated. You know, for me, that was the big telling factor. Like, all right. Is everyone gonna but say now, anything? Is everyone gonna now, say anything? No, no. Doesn't that have more to do with like the prejudices of particular Muslims more than yeah. the whole worldview of Islam in general? Definitely. Like, so I wanted to touch on it. You know, okay. for me it was like I didn't leave the religion because of the religion itself. Mm-hmm. It was the structures in place. The same, the same reason I left Christianity was the fact that. The Christians I knew were fucking assholes, you know. Okay. Like all of them were just like they were bad ambassadors for them. Yeah, and I was just like, man, you could see the pastors growing so and so. You could see this and this and this. You could see, you know, all of that. And I was just like, this doesn't fill 
all at all holy or something like a place that could give me the peace that I was searching for you know and I started to feel the same way every time I got a mask and all of that and it's just like okay I didn't understand some of the things that are heavily based on patriarchal thinking and you know I was like okay cool man I, I I'm I'm very progressive I'm a very progressive thinker and the things I love about the religion and I will take from that and that's um, that's when I made the decision of okay cool maybe for me screw okay. screw religion as a whole because I really really loved Islam you know as a cult, as, 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 as a religion like the so, yeah and everything that j- joins it together you know and some of the reasons why certain things are done the way they're done I liked the ceremonial things around it you know how you feel you know five times a day and you just like wait 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 I, I could feel from my myself from moving from oh should I have to pray five times a day to, to when is the next time yeah like because the peace that you were like I was most at peace during that time that's why I will always love that religion because that's when I was most at peace but then I made the decision for myself to take what I love from it take what I love from Christianity take what I love from Judaism, take what I love from anything else that makes me, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my journey. Not a woman. And because of a woman too. I get it, I get it. I mean, there's a point that, that you guys touched on, and I, I, I hate that I'm nitpicking certain things from our conversation, but when, when we, and I think it's a, bigger, it's a bigger conversation to say that most, most, I'm going to use religions, but just like most religions and within spiritual matters, a lot of the time, people want to separate the religion or the spiritual element from the people themselves. You know what I mean? So they say that if you have a bad, if you have a bad experience within the Islam that. religion, it's because of the of the individuals who are in there. If you have a bad experience in a particular church, it's because of the people. It's not necessarily the doctrine, whatever, whatever. But I'm saying that when when you have to look at when you're looking at particular religions or or spiritual matters, they say that people form the biggest part of that spiritual process you know what i mean yeah. without those people there that relate that religion or that spiritual element wouldn't necessarily be accessible to you you know so them being a medium in which you actually gain access to spirituality after you gain medium of course you can get a direct link to it yourself and be an individual within it but they play a huge role in what the religion of spirituality is so if they have certain biases and biases you know what I mean? So if they have certain biases that are racist or that are prejudiced towards certain people, then there is something wrong within that, that this is just my view. There's something wrong within that religion itself that allows such to exist and for it to fester and grow. Can I just answer not, you? Yeah. I don't think there's anything in Islam that allows for racism to exist and fester and grow. I'm now pointing you to an example. The Prophet Muhammad, may peace be upon him, and his final sermon before he passed away, I think it was 30 or 60 days before he passed away, he uh, delivered a sermon on Mount Arafat, uh, calling people towards the goodness of the religion that he taught them, and then he called them to bear witness. He started by saying that there is no uh, virtue or superiority in an Arab over a non-Arab or vice versa, which is basically now we're showing that, that your your statement is it's falsified by that claim by the prophet himself وسلم, he taught the people that this religion isn't a, isn't a religion that now you're gonna say 
no Buddha because he attends five times a day. He's better than Ukith who doesn't pray five times a day. Because we don't know the we don't know if like I can treat like oh, OC that's cleaning the house better than Keith or vice versa. For example, we don't know the con- we don't know the condition of a person's heart. Yeah. You see. So now he continued on to say with the atoms created from dust and we will return to dust and we are all yeah. been made from dust. So there can't be any now uh pride or arrogance that you'd want to feel because of you coming from this earth that you will be returned to that you also put your head down to when you pray. So the fa- there's there's no place in Islam. I just want to categorically state there's no place in Islam for religion. I mean for for racism. For racism. You know No, you can continue. No, so I say um so with these institutions, right? At the core of it all, I don't think there is room for racism or hate or all of those things, but it's now how things are created because humans also at the end of the day humans are their own worst enemies mm. you know humans will create well, something take something away okay. <laughs> i mean it's human wait, 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 it's humans you know it's humans and humans are naturally weak to to whatever is happening at the point in time so the fact that it was in arab nations and way it really kind of grew in popularity and all of that you know a personal experience of mine where i made it a point that no i'm not going to learn to pray in arabic no why but that didn't sit well with anybody you know that I was coming across they're like no you have to I'm like is my prayer is your prayer more powerful in arabic, in arabic than, mine. than mine that is in my language that i understand that i'm not going to try and translate something and water it down because i'm reading something and doing a translation of it i rather just pray to my god you know and say things that i need to say but that didn't sit well you know those type of things where it's like but why should i give me a, a, a good answer as to why should i can i give you a good answer yeah the best answer i can give is the reason why now you find that there's so many divisions amongst the christian community and there's less divisions not that there aren't any but there's less divisions in like the jewish and the muslim communities not that they don't exist like i'm saying the christians they're reading a bible that was translated if i'm not mistaken from greek so it's not even in the original hebrew that the man who brought the religion spoke so we you can you can understand the fact that if minangzokhuluma so demand now some translator at you know guys in america and wherever this is what this man is trying yeah, to say yeah yeah there's there's something that's going to be lost it's not going to be the same anymore the reason why the quran uh, and the prayers of the muslims are in arabic is because the quran was revealed in arabic so and also mind you the quran is a miracle since well it's been preserved 1400 years without an addition or a cancellation it is as it was revealed to the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so uh, to translate it now you you risk tampering with the preservation you understand mm-hmm. not to say that when you understand it uh, you can't understand it in your own language understand it in your heart that's my thing like it needs to come like you know when i see a guy when i used to see guys reciting and their prayers you can see that when someone is coming is going from the heart and you can see when someone is is, is is reciting something that they just read and they just know it mm-hmm. you know and sometimes i feel that but sometimes like no actually let me just 
mm. say things that I want to say, you know, because I am praying. Too. But then you you notice what you keep saying. You keep saying like what you want, what you feel. Yeah. Yeah. So this is because I feel that that's where now I've I pulled away from religion because religion is about us. It's about mm. all of that, and I've realized that I'm not like that. I really just want things that work for me because at the end of the day. I have to look in the mirror. I have to be happy with the person that I see. I understand what you're saying, but you need to also understand that uh, the Dean of Islam it came to shatter the ego. Like idol worship was obviously the main adversary to the religion when it first came, but the greatest idol for humankind is their own egos, the nafs in Arabic. So it's that irascible part of the soul that, for example, it has the appetites for food for women for alcohol for drugs yeah that part of the human being needs to be not erased but no like it needs to be tamed to a point where the sage like the soul in you can now control it and not the other way around because when when your appetites control you you serve your appetites and when your soul controls your appetites your soul serves Allah if it that's the inclination that is towards serves a, a greater purpose for the community like you say so now if if we take religion from a standpoint of what I need what can serve me like I said what I was looking for because I, I left out the fact that even me when I learned like like for example learning how to pray reading the Arabic prayers learning different uh, verses in the Quran and whatnot it was a mission and a mission yeah. that to be honest, like myself, was like, I'm not trying to do this. I was just trying to find peace. Now I have to be learning yeah, all this work. different stuff and yeah. work, and which obviously it goes against the nafs. The same way as exercise does, the same way as monogamy does, you know what I'm saying? It goes against basically, you could say, the, the basic human nature, yeah. you see, the base self, you could say. So now going against the base self, you are able, if you can achieve that, to unlock something higher uh, the sister was talking about chakras mm-hmm. earlier on for example the the lowest chakra is the the chakra that deals with survival in maslow's hierarchy it would be the one that deals with food flows and shelter the highest chakra is the one that deals with the cosmic energy around us and connecting to it which is self-actualization yeah which is also in maslow's hierarchy so this shows us that if if we like uh, busy ourselves with the, the the lowest parts of ourselves, we lose sight of all the different heights and uh, possibilities that are around and within us. Yeah. There's an interesting uh, ayah in the Quran that says, where Allah says, "I will show them, uh, I will show them our signs in the horizons when the fathers." Uh, reaches of the universe and within themselves until it is clear to them that this is the truth and aren't they aren't they secure in the fact that Allah is the knower of everything that they do which is tries to show us that basically everything around us everything within us is trying to guide us to a fundamental reality the divine reality that la ilaha illallah there is no cre- there is no uh, being worthy of worship there's nothing worthy of being venerated or adored unlike Allah so what I'm trying basically trying to get to is the fact that this 
this tug that we have as modern people to the to 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 things that serve us more than things that don't actually holds us back more from spiritual growth than we realize because for example if now you start suffering and you you lack like material uh, resources to do what actually would please you in your life it will open you up to now doing things that might be against your principles just to survive yeah you see that's true which blocks you off from the things that i was just mentioning like the realizations of the deeper parts of yourself and your place in the universe. But then, to quote Brother Sfiso over here, yeah. he always says that um, people look for purpose, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, for lack of a better word, uh, loses, you know. Because, like, um, you know, there are some people, and I think it's a lot of people, because mm-hmm. I think with with humans as we are progressing in the age of information and the way we reason and the way we see the world, we are starting to question a lot of things as well, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so it's, it's, I'm sure 100, 200, 300 years ago, it was easier to impart knowledge to people who didn't know anything about the rest of the world. But right now, you meet a child, 15, 16 year old right now, mm-hmm. knows as much as they want to know about what they want to know. But that doesn't necessarily make that person more knowledgeable from someone no, 200 no, 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 years no, ago. No, I'm saying is they now see, okay, cool, they know. They access yeah. to a whole lot more. So the person, the child would be like, if I wanted to know about Christianity, the more, more about Christianity, I would. I just don't want to, you know. So they accept their place in the world and say, no, I'm whatever I'm doing. I'm a Generation Z, I'm a millennial, I am good with the way life is, I'm good with the way things were. But where do, those, where do those ideas come from? Because they come from somewhere. It's the internet, Chief. Besides, <laughs> besides the internet, I'm talking about this whole notion that now your generation, whatever team or whatever it might be, Z, X, millennial, whatever it might be, those like for if we were to go 200 years back in history to our own ancestors and sit at a table with them because they were people who were connected with nature with the movement of the stars with the movement of the planets you know and that understanding rooted them in their place in the universe whereas us people living today we've completely lost touch with for example like the movement of the stars because of the lights in most cities, you can't even see most stars yeah. on a on a like starry night. What would be a starry night? You'd have to go to a desert or a very remote area to do that. And even if you saw the stars, you wouldn't be able to make out what's going on there. It would look to you just like a mishmash of a mess. You understand? Yeah. Whereas people 200, 300 years ago, that were simple people, not necessarily like the most learned of the people, but. They would be able to see, okay, I see these stars. My grandfather told me that this one, if I if I follow this star, I'd be able to make my way home regardless where I am, for example. So what I'm trying to say basically is that the the access to information from my perspective, it's led us to a place now where although people have access to more knowledge, they are basically drowning in a sea of their own ignorance most of the time drowning in misinformation no besides the misinformation because like you said a person will want to know what they want to know right so if a person for example is fixated on the hip-hop culture 
just they'll as an example. Yeah, they'll, they'll know everything about hip hop, but they won't know that there was a massacre by the British colony in a place called Tasmania that left not a single Tasmanian alive today. You see, unless they heard it in a hip hop song, they wouldn't know that. Yeah, that's why you must listen to MF Doom, guys. <laughs> <laughs> on on on, I want to get back to this Fiso's point that you guys have, I think, touched on in a way what he was saying and the biggest thing about information you said that there is a i guess i'm I'm paraphrasing but there is a flaw in religion in that it is centered around humans having to um push it forward essentially it doesn't just exist on its own it cannot exist on its own it needs humans to exist right um but i think the it's not necessary. Yeah, it is a it, it's a flaw in that at any given point the ethos of many many religions all kind of center on one general thing: just be decent human beings like people, right? Mm-hmm. But because, like you say, people need purpose, that also comes with like a, a bit of control. The, yeah. The English, not the English Bible, but the Christian Bible, the Bible we have now has been translated and edited several times. Back, I don't know, 19 foot like long long ago, um, the Bible had many books and gospels written by women. The Catholic Church, as they do, has removed multiple versions of the original Bible. There's a whole, I think it's 72 kilometers underground library in the Vatican. They wouldn't destroy it obviously because it's the holy word of God and therefore they can't they can't just like obliterate it. But it's been taken out of the Bible. And it wasn't just by mistake, it's because at that time the leaders, the humans who were in charge of trying to gather these people, because like you said, religion isn't us thing, it's not an individual thing. They kinda took it out because we're like, we kinda don't like the fucky things you guys are doing, this whole sleeping with each other thing. So let's just leave that out. Or you know, I don't like this homosexual thing, so let's turn, then that's where translation comes in, let's turn the, the the Hebrew word that meant pedophile and turn it into homosexuals, and then that just becomes the narrative of the entire religion. But the ethos at the end of the day is always the same, just be a decent human being to one another. And that's the same across the board. So you can't really say information. Okay, you say now that the Quran has not been edited in any kind of way i know we do at home we have a but i think it's like a learning tool we have the quran but it's trans, it's got like english translations and then the it's, it's more like, it's more no it's actually it's like a not a4 but an a5 kind of book. yeah it's, 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 it's a whole quran so i think i don't know where did we get it there's a there's a shop in florida that sells uniform viva um, and they were just giving them out because you know, spreading the word, spreading the word, yeah. Spreading the word, yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying about um, not translating it and it being in Arabic, but can you really be sure that what you have now is the original? There's, there's technically, if we're speaking about it with no emotion and just pure logic, there's no way to know. There's different ways to know. How if you you, you were there in the past? There's carbon dated copies of the Quran from around I think the fourth or the seventh century, mm. which it's the closest time to the time of the people that lived with the Prophet. Mm. We were there 
when the revelation was coming down because mind you the quran isn't a book that was like for example okay here are the 114 surahs here are the uh, i think it's 6000 and something ayahs here you go spread the word it wasn't like that it came down systematically over 23 years in the prophet's life some verses were left out some he kept in via his commandment uh, through the angel gabriel who was teaching him the quran at the time and then to signal the end of his life this all happened mind you in ramadan which is why muslims fast in ramadan it's called the month of the quran as a way to remember and encapsulate the time that it first came down so as this was happening in his lifetime he never uh, authorized like any copies to be made of the book because it was the, the word quran means like a what is what does it mean it means a narration so it's an oral tradition so it this is something i wanted to tell your other guests that uh, islam is something that traditional africans need to look into because like our african traditions it's based primarily in the oral tradition in <laughs> so now uh the compilation of the book it was sanctioned by i think it was the the second caliph, uh, the Amir al-Mu'minin, the leader of the believers, who was one of the companions of the Prophet in his lifetime, who asked the person who would write down the revelation as it came down to the Prophet, who was his adopted son, Uzayn ibn Haritha, he would ask him to uh, check all the copies that existed at the time, uh, check it with his original manuscript that he'd collected in the time of the Prophet's life, and whatever he saw was uh, in accordance with what he had he kept and what whatever wasn't they threw out and they kept that with um the i think it was the daughter-in-law of the prophet at the time until now they spread it out throughout the, the muslim kingdoms mm. you know what i like about the age that we're in now mm-hmm. like it's always been my my other criticism of religion and what you what people believe in right it's because it's always been like bruh, most of the things people believe in or people have believed in because of where they are born so if by luck you are born in in punjab you know you've got like, chances are you're gonna be a hindu or you're gonna or a be Sikh. Yeah, a Sikh, you know or you're gonna be gujarati you know just because of where you're born yeah. you know um but now here we are. You know, we've we have a growing community of Black Muslims in South Africa, which is the weirdest place for it to be. Exactly. Thinking about it, you know, like okay. we, we are here Why now. Is it the weirdest Why? place? Though? I mean, think place? of our society. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very diverse society. Besides it being diverse, okay. we have a very liberal society. I would say. Yeah. Um, no, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Liberals get paralyzed. <laughs> Like, when I say liberal, I mean that in our society, there's very few things that people would be diametrically opposed to morally because of the diversity. People are like, oh, you want to be gay? Aight. As long as you're not sleeping with kids, we're cool with you. Oh, you want to be lesbian? Aight. As long as no one's uh, trying to force anyone into any coerced sexual encounters, we're cool with you. We're cool with you. Like, we the we the probably the first African country to legalize gay marriage. Gay marriage. Uh, we we allow many things in South Africa, and we allow people to be as they are. 
But maybe that could also one can argue that the, that liberalism allowed for uh, Islam to grow in the country. Well. I don't think so because when it comes to Islam, I've I found people, black people especially, are always they find it distasteful or they 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 have a certain disdain towards it, especially black Christians. Yeah. So, okay, um, I wanted so, to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. So on the point where, and I think South Africa is actually like, for me, it's like it's primed for Islam to thrive. I think you, in you, my perspective, no, you, you're not lying. And I in my perspective, you. say that South Africans are generally people, as you're saying, we are very accepting. We are curious people. We'll listen to you if you make sense. Sure. We'll, we'll take it on. We'll take it on, right? But we are also a culture that has been largely influenced by what happens in America due to the media influence that the strong media influence, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at how the struggles that black Americans went through in the civil rights movement and how most of them sought refuge in Islam, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That translated to South Africa. So and as a South Africans we've got this weird thing where if we see it on TV, we trust it, we hear it from someone else, it's just like mm-hmm. ah yeah. you know what I mean? So because that that seed has already been planted, which means that if someone who is who is within Islam came to be like, yo guys, this is what's happening. Couple that with a traumatic event in your life, or a, 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 <laughs> I don't I don't know why you know what I mean. Why people are always like, no. the black Muslim has to have had no, trauma. No, no, no. Somebody, you know, but, like what happened? To like, what, that's the question. How did you become? What happened to you? Who hurt you? I think I'm also on that side, but I think if you our post podcast that we actually discussed was just for me that. There are certain events that happen in people's lives that open them up to new spiritual spiritual things, right? Sure. To quote my favorite cartoon, Avatar Aang said to Quara, uh, when we reach our lowest point, we are open to the greatest yeah. change. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, okay. and that, so I use I use the word traumatic very loosely. I think mm. I should have <laughs> but, but just generally... No, but you're not, birth, you're not, you're not too off. Yeah, yeah, saying. but a birth of a child. Sure. Um, moving to a new city, a new place. Big changes. Get, yeah, big changes. You know what I mean? Getting married, all these things. New big changes. Experiences you know what I mean? Want. They open you up. So that's what I'm saying. So when you couple with, so when you get a person who's literally in a transitional phase in their life mm-hmm. and they're trying to find purpose, they're trying to find meaning, things are not going well in their life. They just want some purpose. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think for you, your story kind of mimicked that. Not, not perfectly, you know what I mean? But certain parts of it to say that. You followed Malcolm X introduced to you. Mm. You heard certain voices within the ground. Those seeds were planted into you, you know what I mean? Definitely. And then when your accident happened, it, it made you more solidified. willing to solidify because now you're thinking what happens in the afterlife and all that, you know what I mean? So it, and then you get into that, right? Sure. And, and my, this is like a process from when I was 16 yeah, to yeah, about yeah. 23. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. That, that, that's a very long process, you know what I mean? And I always agree, if that process ends up in something good in your life, I totally agree with it. It's fine, I agree. But the one thing I've always wanted to understand is that rewind before the process, right? Mm-hmm. You're back at a point where you leave in Christianity, right? You're saying this is not for me, mm-hmm. right? At that point, you are an individual who's like, who's 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 been who's been trained to seek something higher, to seek a higher being, to seek a higher purpose. You've been trained to do that, right? If you hadn't been trained to seek higher purpose or higher being or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Would you still have um, accepted Islam? So if Islam happened at that point in your life, so if someone was like, yeah, like me, try to put you me, through the process me, of 
getting you back into Islam? I have Would that cousin, have happened? I have a cousin who has he's been a Muslim I think three years longer than me. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm okay to it, don't worry. Uh when I was about twenty-two, twenty-one around there. I was visiting him. I had my sensitivities already by that time towards Islam. He he used to he used to do dawah towards me. Be like, brother, I know you like reading. I know you love Malcolm X. I know you've heard a couple of words in the Quran. I even I saw that little Quran you be hiding in your house. Why don't you just take the shahad and be a Muslim? And I was like, brother, no, brother. Relax. Nah, brother, I'm enjoying my life, brother. I'm trying to drink these drinks. I'm trying to see these girls. I'm trying to smoke these plants, brother. Leave me be, brother. Okay. You see, so. Even though the sensitivity was there, that uh, pullback was also there at the same time, which is why the process took so long. Even after I became a Muslim, for me to be practicing, it took some time. So at 16, if someone had like proselytized towards me, being like, brother, would you want to hear about the Prophet Muhammad? I'd be like, brother, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right, thanks. Thank you for your response. Yeah, no, definitely. definitely. Let's, let's talk about what you just mentioned now, you know? Because my thing is, um, I don't know if you guys can attest to this. Growing up, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously a diverse group of friends, but my Muslim friends, those niggas were wild. They, the wild. they were the wildest yeah. people in the bunch. But come Friday, they are there. You know, they are not missing uh, Friday mosque and anything like that. They doing Ramadan, everything that they need to do. You know, for that month. But throughout the rest of the time, they are wilding, you know? And I know that. So you ended up just looking at Islam and thinking, what, is, what type what, of religion what is, is it? What is happening here, you know? <laughs> but then the more you grow up and then you start learning about it, it's just... And then as soon as maybe we finish varsity, even before we finish varsity, as soon as we finish high school, one of them is already married, you so know? Two of them got kids. Mm. It's like... Bro, we're doing you together. were you were the wildest <laughs> one here. What's what's happening here? If we change in the but if you're not as close to them anymore, you realize that they haven't really completely changed their ways, but they have done the necessary steps to be now a full-on Muslim and you know with a wife and kids and everything. Now you should, you can be partaking in all of those things that require you. That's just that the society requires of you, mm. but you still partake in certain things that. I look at questionable. you know, yeah. we will go out and you'll have your drink here and there and I'm like, okay, cool. So did say people are people, you know. Exactly. So like, well, if I can just interject there, what, I, what I've realized about like uh, Muslim life in South Africa, considering how like our society is so geared towards entertainment, as young people, when we see like how I was feeling, I was food and I was feeling, Meaning he's mm. Yeah, so now there's there's the there's the notion that not being involved in that we are Nisha. Whereas it's not necessarily the case, it's just an activity you can choose or choose not to take part in. But because FOMO hits us the most when we're young, we be like, I wanna feel that too. Yeah. And I feel like it's important to let people make those types of mistakes, not necessarily to the fullest extent, mm. but like to to leave people to see for themselves what's going on, uh, what's happening in this world, what what are the consequences of certain things of going out and what she got to Yeah, because you know, because I've always viewed it as they want to get rid of it 
experience the childlike things, all those things. Yeah. So then, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. then after that, they are now they they they. But the 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 yeah. danger with that is that that because the lifestyle is you can all admit it's, it's hella addictive. So yeah. some people like I know some of my friends they're not Muslims they were born and raised Christians. And when, like, even now today, if you were to call them and be like, "Em fe tunjengo wangse chosi, aunki penya, aibo anandwan," but that's what I'm gonna, anandwan I'm gonna see on, see on, I was at your room first, and don't I'm born, I understand. So, as South Africans, I've realized we just we have that culture of nice time. Yeah, nice time, well, it's it's a part of our way of life. But I feel like it's comes from trauma. That's how I was gonna get to. I feel like I feel like if it wasn't for the traumas that our parents passed down to us, and then them not dealing with their childhoods effectively, leaving us with their own childhood trauma, like we wouldn't feel the same need to necessarily be all out there like that. Yeah, we worship groove, man. And now you you bring me to another interesting point when you say we worship groove because a human being uh, in the Islamic tradition we taught that a human being is a being that. Geared towards worship, the brother said, "Woody, I had been trained as a as a person to worship something, but it's not that I had been trained. It's because the human being naturally must to worship. Yeah, it looks to worship something. So if you're not gonna worship God, you'll worship money. If you're not gonna worship money, you're gonna worship women. If you're not gonna worship money, you're gonna worship group. Or yeah. all, all of the something. above. You're gonna, well, there's gonna be something that is gonna be the fixation and the." the the force that your whole life gravitates gravitates around as a human being you can you that's a that, that's a loose that's a loose um, <laughs> that's a loose way of expressing um thing you worship i think no i don't know because because for me it's it's like well, as soon as you open it up that wide it's what? just like of course there's something in your life that will fit you know what i mean what do you worship it's yourself? like that's what i'm yourself. saying yourself you worship yourself <laughs> You know, that becomes another you know, one. Yeah, yeah, but for me, it, it just like it just it widens the need too much. But you know what? I'll agree that in this, there's advice for everyone, and I, mm. and from that, I, on that point, I can agree with you. I think like this is my last question, right? And okay. The one thing, the one comment. So I'm, I've I've only been exposed to Christianity, so I really want to understand this from an Islamic perspective, right? That yeah. the one constant that I've seen in, I'll say, all Christians is fear. There's there's an you know, like everything that all the doctrine, all their beliefs, walk side and side with fear. You so know what I mean? If you do that, there's the, 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 there's always a there's always a consequence. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like they don't they don't like it's like they the consequences leave, are a bigger leave, effect. They don't leave any space the, for hope. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Even if there's hope, but the hope is being pushed by fear. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's to say that because no one wants to. You know what I mean? Because I fear this, I'm gonna start hoping that that happens. You know what I mean, to try and to try and 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 and, and, and lower the the the, the fear to, itself. To interject there, have you ever been to a sermon with one of those churches or those pastors who are doomsday saying yeah, basically, yeah. Mm. like you know, you walk out there, you just feel, you look at the world and you just depressed because they're just saying the world is doomed. We should yeah. be now repenting because. Things are bad, but it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I should. That's people come here to find yeah. peace. Yeah, mm. that's what I'm So, but like with our conversation today, that's the. I think this is the one thing I actually, I actually enjoyed this conversation a lot because there wasn't a, it wasn't fear driven. Not once was there. This is um, Islam, so gaji, gaji, nah, fear. This, yeah. this, it's just doom, doom, doom. There's none of that. You know what I mean? It's, it was just like it was you. You know, explaining your... how you got into it, how you are enjoying, how you're living yourself in there. You know what I mean? This it lacks fear, like you, like it lacks fear. You know what I mean? So, do you think with like 
within Islam itself, mm-hmm. does that fear exist? And to what extent does it actually exist? Well, the fear does exist, but it's balanced because in the Quran we're told to be uh, on the middle path. We never talk like whenever you hear a term in the media where they say is uh, Islamic extremism, you must know that they's they're using a misnomer to talk about something un-Islamic. They're talking about a Muslim person probably who's using fear, like you're saying, to try and push an agenda, political or otherwise. What is it? Is it jihad? Taking a jihad or something like that? You know what the real jihad is, my brother? Well, actually, that would be interesting. Jihad jihad is to take care of your parents in their old age. Amen. Jihad is to see when you talk about translation. That's the problem. Jihad is to take care of your neighbor if they're in need. Mm. Jihad is to look after the affairs of a traveler while they're on their journey. It's to feed a poor person. Mm. Like a good Samaritan guy. Yeah, it's, jihad is to struggle against your own soul, against the desires which trying to, are trying to pull you towards yeah. the hellfire and away from the garden, which is actually the inheritance of the children of Adam. But uh, speaking of Adam, let me just... Let me give you guys a, like, to understand Islam, I think I'll have to share with you the Adamic story. Okay, let's hear it. So now in the Quran, if you read it, like, from, like, the way you'd read a normal book, it's not that Yeah, it doesn't start from Yeah, it will, it will throw, <laughs> it, you're just gonna be like, what? 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 Mm-hmm. You won't, you won't understand anything, like, from Fatiha to Baqarah to Ali Imran. It doesn't flow like that. Yeah, it's, it's not a linear book, because it's unlike any other book that I've personally ever read. It's it's a book that was, I can say, it was written, yes, but it wasn't written on this earth. It was written in the heavens for a purpose to get you into heaven, inshallah. So now, the first story of Adam in Surah Baqarah, it starts with uh, Iblis or Satan, before he became Satan. He was being commanded by God Almighty to, <coughs> excuse me, to with all the angels to bow before the clay structure of Adam, before the soul was breathed into him. And then the angels, they asked the question, they, they were like, why would you create something that would cause corruption, cause corruption and shed blood on the earth? And then Allah said to the angels that I know what you don't know. And then Allah breathed into him his soul after the angels, the, the angelic hosts bowed towards Adam. Allah breathed into his soul and taught him the names of everything. And then he told, he asked the angels, tell me the names of all these things. If you're truthful, they didn't have the answer. They said, all our knowledge, all our knowledge only comes from you. So you know better. Then he told Adam to tell them the names and Adam told them all the names. And then Allah reminded them again that I told you that I know what you don't know. And then he asked uh, Iblis, Wuti, wow, what stopped you from bowing to this creature of mine that I told you to bow to? And he said, you created him from clay, you created me from fire. I'm better than him. So that basically it's it's like the cosmological uh, it's the cosmological origins of racism because I believe that white supremacy is actually the religion of Shaitan. Racism is the religion of Satan. It's what got him cast out of heaven. The fact that he refused one prostration to a being that God created to be his representative on earth. And unlike the biblical narrative, Adam wasn't sent down to earth as a punishment. He was created to come down to the earth and be tested for all time until the day of judgment. And as he was cast out with his wife, 
Allah said to him, I'll give you some words that when you remember them, you'll be able to uh, unlock my, my forgiveness and mercy yeah. for you and your project. So then he used those words and that's where the difference between them came because whereas Shaitan didn't want to say the words to ask for forgiveness yeah. and he didn't want to humble himself to the, uh, to the command of his Lord, Adam was quick to do so which it separates us from Satan. And it also brings me back to the point that uh, Keith said we are our own worst enemy, which is, it's true, but our greatest enemy is the Shayatim. Because not only does he whisper in our chests to get us away from our true selves as obedient servants of our Lord, but he also whispers to us to get us so far away from the presence and the obedience to our Lord that we believe ourselves self-sufficient which is definitely not the case, regardless what you may think or how you want to disagree. Because without uh, the benefit of Allah, even if you succeed in this world, the hereafter would be very dire for you. What's your belief with like, regards to the hereafter? Uh, can you be like more specific? Like, what, what, what do you like think happens when you die? What happens when you die? When you die, yeah. What do you think happens when you die? When okay, you so to exist on this earth. And before you answer, and, and your belief, what's different to them? You've explained what jihad is, but what the colloquial jihad of of just yourself, and there'll be what seventy-two <laughs> versions in, in heaven. That's not jihad. That's not well, jihad is to struggle. No, I mean. So then what's the difference between what you believe um, and what you were taught happens after you die and what colloquially we know Muslims to believe, extremists mm. to believe happens when you die? Uh, well, I would say Wuti, there's a fundamental misunderstanding in how Islam sanctions war yes islam does sanction war but the sanction came through as a defensive means because the muslims at a point in history were being targeted simply for saying la ilaha illallah muhammadun rasulullah so that necessitated them to protect their community which it led to certain um, restrictions and prohibitions on of how to conduct warfare for example you're not allowed to bring in non-aggressors into the conflict, so civilians can't be attacked. Old people can't be attacked. Children, children. can't be attacked. Um, women definitely can't be attacked. Uh, yes, you can take prisoners of war, but you're supposed to treat them better than you would treat your own family. You're not supposed to treat them now as uh, just beings that you can do with what you will, for example. So when it comes to the jihad that people say that they are doing in the world, I would say would say they should they should take time to really read the Quran and like try to understand even the life of the Prophet because he was a person that when when he was being oppressed and uh, his followers were being attacked and killed in Mecca, there was there was no there was no uh, there was no defense for him. He didn't fight back. He was stoned up till, until, for example, his, like the blood dripped from his forehead to his sandals. And he, when the angels came to him to ask him if he should destroy the city that turned him out, he said, don't, don't destroy them. Don't do that. Because perhaps 
one of them, uh, one of these people in the city might accept Islam one day. And if you destroy them, you, you take that chance away from them. So he actually prayed, when he prayed to Allah about it, he said, uh, I don't know what I did wrong, but please just help me so I can do better and uh, facilitate my task in a way that I can bring people to your religion without them having to throw me out in the way that they did and to uh, embarrass me that the, in the way that they did. So when it comes to jihad, we really need to ask ourselves, because like, there's, there's this issue now whereby the West has a problem with Islam, I believe mainly because Islam can solve most of the world's problems if it was to be practiced earnestly and sincerely in the way that it was taught by the Prophet wasallam. Uh, we have a system called zakat where every Muslim is required to pay 2.5% of their own personal wealth. Tithe. Now it's not a tithe because the tithe is paid to the church. This zakat is paid directly towards the poor and indigent who require it most. So for example, imagine if Jeff Bezos and the Rothschilds and the Queen of Britain were forced to pay 2.5% of their net worth. But they won't do that now because they they created a system with this fiat uh, capitalist economy, which is basically driven on. It's driven on like survival of the fittest, you yeah. could say. It's driven on the fact that the rich continuously get richer because the economy is fixed in such a way that poor people, although you have an opportunity to make it out of poverty, the vast majority of people never will because. The economy isn't geared in such a way that like wealth flows from the wealthy to the poor it remains with the with the wealthy and the poor can possibly make it out it's but that, it's what drives uh, capitalism i think yeah. seeing poor people the restoration story you know so that's everyone yeah they, they always just leave yeah. jesus put your jay-z's and your kanye west and like oh you can do it too but it's like yeah. nigga, you can't I be no kanye <laughs> Hey, you no, know, Everyone can say the op- opera one day. You know? Don't don't, don't religions do the same thing? Also, oh, and well, they might they might not be preaching rags to riches, but they can preach a tall mile to peace story. Also, oh, they will teach you that everyone can find us. peace. Yeah, you know us. what I mean? You follow these things, you do this and this, you become this type of person, and, and you heaven. will find peace. You will get to heaven. You there's a high reward for you. What to what not? You will but also who and then like, and then wait. Let me finish and then and then, and then we can get that. And then also then they do the opposite to say that well, if someone does something to you, their punishment is there. You know what I mean? Mm. So in the same time, when they're giving you some peace, they're also giving you a, a mechanism of justice so that you don't have to pursue it. Someone else will pursue it for you. So mm. that keep this way you know what i mean when we use religion in a blanket statement i, I always feel i listened to your guys's first podcast and i heard you say religion 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 and i'm like these people are talking about christianity <laughs> <laughs> well then well, I mean, no, no, so, so, so the reason the reason why i, I, I just want to use like religion as a blackest and it's it's totally wrong and i and i, and I definitely agree with you sure, but also it's very that. it's it's very hard it, i understand where we're coming from to say yeah. that only religion I've ever known is Christianity. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then, within Christianity, it was also an extreme within Christianity because I was a Mormon, so it's like there. Well, 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 you, to you see, so <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's why I am. So 
when I, I can't, and this is why this, today I've just been trying to sit down, sit back and actually listen to you so I can actually be educated more about it, Probably about me, by the way. about Islam, because I don't want to interject a lot of questions because I'm like, well, it's not my place, it, this, is a, it, this is to inform it's other people yeah. about it, you know, and that's why generally I'm like, just religious, so I don't, I don't want to step on people's toes, because it can be very sensitive, you know. But back to, yeah. before you answer, back to your question then of uh, Keith's question of what then do you believe happens after we die? Because we will not die. Okay, well, there's a surah in the Quran called Surah Al-Waqiyah where it describes that the person's soul is taken from their throats and that Allah is the closest to them, unlike us just watching on, where Allah starts questioning because the Quran also has a lot of questions to try and, uh, you could say, interrogate that curiosity in the human mind that's naturally there so he asked Wuti when the soul is being taken out from the throat and we are nearer to him than you if uh, people like that say that they're self-sufficient are being honest with their claim why is it that they can't stop the soul from being taken okay that's fine so after the soul is taken we are taught Wuti it goes up to Allah and it's presented before him and he lets it know where its abode will be. And then it goes back into its grave. And then after it's buried and the people walk away from it, three or uh, two angels come, Munkar and Nakir. They come to question the soul. And they ask it, who is your Lord? Who was your messenger? And what is your deen? Deen being like, not like, it's, it's translated as religion, but it actually means like a way of life. What is your way of life? So the Muslim will say, um, my Lord is Allah, my messenger is Muhammad, and my deen is Islam. A Christian would say, my Lord is, well, he should say, my Lord is the Lord God, uh, my messenger is Jesus, my religion is Christianity. A Jew would say, my religion, my Lord is what, what? Jehovah. Jehovah. Yeah. Jehovah. Who's the, who's the messenger then? Musa. Jesus. No, the, Jew, the Jewish messenger is Musa. They, but they had a succession after him. So it's Moses and their, their religion is Judaism, for example. So after those questions are asked, the person will be given a window into where they will uh, end up after Judgment Day. So it's either you're going to get tortured if you don't know how to answer the question via those angels, uh, if you'll be if, tortured, yeah, if like wow. the, the window that's opened is uh, a window into the hellfire, they're gonna get at you with torture until the day of judgment. Yeah. Or if your window is opened into paradise, you can roam. It's like it's you get you go into a realm that's called the Barzakh, which is like the, the waiting room, <laughs> yeah, like because what happens to Christian, yeah, to, Do you know to, what Christian, the to Christian understanding something like purgatory. Ah, yeah. yeah. The in-between. The in-between realm. So then you're going to be there, but you'll have access like to maybe come through to people's dreams and stuff like that. So, you know what's scary? You know, like, this literally feels like I'm sitting in, like, a discussion with Mormon missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, oh. like, like literally, like, the structure, no, but, like, the structure of how Mormon missionaries actually approach people is literally what he's explaining now. No, but then... This is, no, I know there are differences. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, don't get me wrong. There are differences, but, like, the structure... come to you with... Yeah, yeah the structure, they just, like... You're gonna die like this. this, this, this uh, until hours you yeah. come with us. But you also have a question, so I definitely understand. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely this understand. Isn't like, yeah. This isn't, like... Yeah, yeah, no, no, I definitely... 
change him. Yeah, yeah, I definitely Sorry for change him. Yeah. <laughs> Trigger warning. <laughs> so like after that, then the person will be basically awaiting the resurrection and judgment day. What happens after? What happens on Judgment Day? Then? On Judgment Day, will be resurrected, and then the people with be like everyone is gonna basically uh, be marshaled towards uh, the the seat of judgment, mm. which will be for Malikiyao Medin, the Lord of the Day of Judgment. He will basically put to task everyone who thought that they would never be put to task. He will have them answer for the things they did in this world, and he will hand them their books either in the right or the left hand or from behind them. So if you get your book in your right hand, you'll be in rest and satisfaction, and the angels will greet you with salam. And if you get your book from behind you or in your left hand, then they will come and hold you off on your forehead. This is why. All cultures believe left-handed don't, people are cursed. Also, don't give people shit with your left hand. Like I was ready to never give, yeah, never give food, never well, give I'm money. Never give me too. Side no. Same. Okay, so okay, so now can I just like I mean I wish I wish our guest was here to actually explain the side of the side of my question, but when we're looking at like Southern African tradition. Mm-hmm. African tradition sure. is that it's it's very it's very centered on the here and now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where the spiritual is a help to you rather than you being a help to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And from my understanding now, my understanding could be wrong, but from what I'm hearing from you is that the here and now, meaning like your your period when you're alive, it's more of a you preparing for the afterlife type thing. It's not like a you're living to maximize your now. Mind you, I didn't finish. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh sorry. There's, I didn't a, there's, there's okay. a segment of the of, of judgment day. Like after the judgment, there's gonna be a sirat. It's like a bridge that's the side the size of a plane. So uh, below the bridge is gonna be hellfire, and then at the end of the bridge, it's gonna be paradise. So even if, for example, you get your book in your right hand. Uh, you still have to cross that bridge and if you fall like if you're too slow to cross it you fall into the hellfire maybe for a few times like for a short while which might feel like 500 years maybe and then you come out with like half of you scorched but then you cooled off by the waters of paradise maybe or you're (laughs) gonna cross it like lightning and you'll be there in the gardens rest and satisfaction Otherwise, people, because then the thing is about the Day of Judgment is that there won't be, after the judgment, there won't be any light anymore. The only light for the people is going to be, like, for the believers, where they used to do, the the light will emanate from from inside of them. So, their faces, their hands, their feet, they'll be able to see where they're going based on that. And, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the last part. You know, my thing, I've always believed... And like listening to it, it sounds like a human's life on earth. Like I've always like it's I've always believed, and maybe that's why religious will never really fully resonate. I've always believed that this is heaven and earth right here that we're living in. You know, I don't I don't think there's something other on the other side i think we are here this is it you know this is you could probably has the same perception probably 
Ooh. A baby in his mouth. But no, the baby keeps hearing other things and all of this. But my, okay, my and that's say, a very and that's a very valid point that you're making that a baby womb would have that very same perception. Because that's right? all they know. Maybe that's, that's why they, they cry because it's hella traumatic. When they come out, it's like oh, it's it's bright. No, because it's just when I'm listening. When I'm listening to it, it's like you you go through little phases. Depending on decisions that you make or you've made, you know, and this is life. There are people. But who that's live. why, like for example, in the Quran, Allah says, uh, "What? What does He say?" Okay, I'm gonna give you the translation. He says, um, "We created death and life to test you to find out which of you are the best in your deeds." Mm. You see, mm. there's a, a very, there's a very interesting thing that you that you put there, and that's test. Mm. That word test is such. It's such a strong term to use, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's, and I don't want to make this, I, I'm, what, the example I'm about to make is not to say that the way that it's used in Islam is the same way. It's sure. not, right? But it's, when you're looking at it from a psychological standpoint, it's often used by very manipulative people in relationships. To get people to act a certain oh, way, yeah, yes. you know what I mean. Testing, <laughs> testing someone and then constantly having to prove themselves, you know what sure. I mean. And it's that process, toxic and, man. You know what I mean. And, and that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. You know what I mean. Like, I've, like a lot of people that have. Then that's why I was bringing back that whole the African, the way that Africans used to do it, and the way that that the religions that we accepted or the ones that we reverted back to have, um, bring to us today. So in African states, it's just like. We are maximizing the now, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're not, maybe I'm, I'm wrong about this, but the way I, I've, I've actually learned it. Mm-hmm. You're maximizing the now, you're living the best that you can possibly live now, you know what I mean? The spiritual realm is a help to you as an individual to ensure that your life is as smooth as possible, you know what I mean? Now. You know? And then when you're looking at religions that came to us or that we reverted back to, it's a thing of we constantly proving ourselves. You know what I mean? You need to oh, prove yourself to death. You die. You're proving yourself again. And it's like it's like oh, there's, there's, there's a, a moving goalpost. You know what I mean? Proof to get you. Proof to get you. Proof to get you. It's like it's a continuously moving goalpost. You know? And it's like sometimes it's I feel like it traps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can within, definitely, within, you can definitely correct life, me. Within yeah. your lifetime, I mean, because yeah, you like, don't know how the end, yeah, yeah, how yeah. long the end is, but you're like, and you go back to the to what you're saying that like in the womb, like a baby's perception in the womb is the womb, right? So as soon as you, so you, you get to the afterlife, you, you make it through everything, you make it to paradise, you're there. Done. We don't know whether it's done or not. You know what I mean? Because no, what I'm saying is. We don't know that. We don't know that. It's done. Okay, okay. It's not just true. because of my belief, it's yeah, because okay. of what, what I was yeah, born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Quran will tell you, Allah will tell you in the Quran, um, once you're in paradise, there's nothing more that you're going to even need. You'll have, your, you'll have your spouse, you'll have whatever food you want, you'll have. Your mansions, if you ever wanted mansions, you'll have the the type of wine that doesn't gr- uh, give an intoxication. I mean, uh, uh, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> no, but in paradise, you be intoxicated so the whole time. The whole time, yeah. Funny story justified that whole year being tested on on the on the on the yeah. and everything. But the whole point is that the the main ideology is that you are being trained to be a god. Is it? Yeah. So it's a thing of it's all about. That's why you they come to earth. So you read out the week. You read out the week. They call him it right. and then so you then get to the next stage. Yeah. Now when you get to the next stage, there's more. It's a it's a long, it's, it's a long process till you get to God level. Wow. 
it, and and like that's literally like the stage. Incredible. But like it's it's something that you'll never admit to. But you know, <laughs> it's, it's a thing of it's a thing of you have to be deep sure twenty years in it, twenty years in it, where it's just like you know, chair. But like that's literally like the, the process, and that's how they justified the whole testing thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's sometimes why I'm like sometimes I looked at it, I was like that's very interesting. You know, but I'm also like it's a lot. Why you but with us, the test isn't necessarily yeah. to see like if you can become a god. It's just to see if. You can you can inherit what was always yours. Like, if you are deserving, if you say if you are deserving. No, no, every human being is deserving, okay. bro. That's why every human, every descendant of Adam, mm. is an inheritor of paradise Oof. by being born. But the problem is that when we come into the world, the child coming out the womb, like the brother said, this is heaven. Yeah, this is heaven and earth, man. This is For example, bro, like, if you say this is it, like there was something after birth, right? Like before you were born, you were alive. But before you were even conceived, you were a soul, right? At some point, yeah. Yeah, and that soul was put into you before your heart even started beating. For you at all. I still don't agree with that. I, I, I no, like, I understand what you I think it's very difficult for the human mind to conceive what forever is, whether it's forever and how. Or mm-hmm. well, let me let me speak about personally because I don't I don't think. I don't think heaven forever is a very great concept because something has to end in order for you to enjoy it and that's just how the brain works and Have you watched the have you watched the good place? <laughs> no. Maybe but then, no longer work in the same way. Yeah. But basically the thing things, is, are, gonna things be, are binary. You're gonna be recreated. Like what before I, I forgot to mention that before we resurrected, a cloud is gonna cover the earth. After like the trumpet blows to destroy everything. Cloud is gonna cover the earth, and then the genetic makeup of every human being that's in the earth is gonna rain basically as oh, like a rain. Drop. Sorry, mm. not like <laughs> no, sorry. So now, that that is gonna touch your bones, Keith, and then you'll be brought up, but you won't be brought up like the Keith that's sitting next to me right now. You're gonna be brought up in the image of like in the shape and image of Adam, which like you guys have heard of giants, right? Human yeah. beings used to be giants yeah. when like there was when, <laughs> when there was more Sorry oxygen when there was more oxygen in the atmosphere yeah. and human beings and animals could grow to larger uh, heights yeah. before the flood of Noah and like the, the whole Webiza and around the stratosphere came down, linked up with the waters on the earth and then it flooded the whole world. And then that uh, that whole covering of oxygen, I mean that, yeah, that whole layer of ozone water. Yeah. Nah, it wasn't the ozone, the, the ozone is beyond it. Like, there was a layer of water before the ozone layer. Sheesh. You understand? But, yeah, okay, cool. So now you're going to be the size of the original human being, which is massive. So if you're in paradise, you'll enjoy things better. And if you're in hellfire, you're going to burn longer. Well, that means so South Africa stop is, sinning. Hold on, South Africa wow. has something to look forward to. Y'all might be uh, you know, six foot plus. <laughs> Things are looking up, guys. <laughs> hold on. Oksana, I still blame you, women, for us being short. Anyway, let's move on. You know, um, to, to on my side, to wrap up on my side, I have a question, right? Sure. One, like Nela's question was for the beyond. My question is for now because I 
still under I I do understand that any type of religion in society right now has a role to play in managing society and moving things in a different direction than where we were before and where we are now and where we will be in the future right sure and i think the, the at the time in the past they were dealing with the issues of you know plagues and all of those things so well, they literally still are I mean, yeah i mean it, it's, it's kind of exactly <laughs> but now back then religion the religion the, the religious practices or the institutions were the ones which were deciding how to do certain things you know like someone once said that oh, someone even chris rocks joke about pork you know mm-hmm. and in those days maybe eating pork would have killed you you know because of what what this was, was there yeah, you know sure. so it's okay how do we get these people to listen to us about stop to stop eating pork let's put it in religious text you know and say it's you not know, pure things like that but i don't want to get that into too much of that yeah. right now wait yeah but i'm just saying like now you know what what role does religion play in moving dealing with the issues that we are facing we are faced with now as a society like things like you know i mentioned patriarchy you know um it, it, it's traditional and very patriarchal institutions like um islam like christianity you know all these other religions as well do have those patriarchal things that really are still Yeah, prevalent today, home, yeah, you know, yeah. till today. They do a um, great divide in, in genders and all that stuff. How do we how do we get away from that? How do we use because religion is a very powerful tool, you know? How do we how can how can Islam be used to elevate women to make our girls, our children be to you know, the fact that for me, yes, it was something to celebrate, but it was also a, a big shame that hey, women can only start driving now in arabic nations it's like that was only saudi arabia saudi arabia right and but that has nothing to do with islam no i'm not saying i'm not i'm not using that but i'm saying it's it's just one of those things like the great it, divide there is a great divide in society but a lot of a lot of things a lot of shitty things that happened in society where religion was used to uh to to suppress, to, to suppress it or to 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 condone and justify you know the certain religious texts in the bible i don't know much about the quran but i know in the bible mm. there are religious texts that talk about slavery you know that say slaves must obey their masters because it was that was used to drive home the fact that we need to take slaves you know those type of things and when black people were being persecuted saying no no you need to believe in this in the scripture because one day you'll be like us yeah the great hope and the great justice that you exactly. don't actually know that you don't know they keep promising yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's so i think it's a long-winded question but i'm saying like what on your view or on point of view or what role do you think islam has to play in elevating some of these issues mainly patriarchy well definitely islam i feel it has the solution to most of those issues because islam it doesn't seem it doesn't seek to divide the the genders I then, feel like that's what like most then why in the in, in the masjid women and men separating them physically doesn't mean dividing them why can't i why pray why can't i pray in the same room in the same yeah. room as my mother you can pray in the same room but there has to be a divide because right. there's some men who's going to want to check out what oh damn she got We're some a distraction oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
man. Come Look on. at God, not us, so, even though we are wrapped uh, up. Okay, it's so, yeah, I'm wrapping up, but so some men will get distracted by the women, is that what you said? And live out of some of them, probably. That's why we can't pray in the same. That one of one of the main reasons, we're not saying that's the oh, reason. Oh, okay. It's right? not this, <laughs> definitely not the only oh, okay. one. It's just it's, the one I'm, I'm bringing oh, to you. Oh, the Okay, it's the easiest one. To help you understand the point. For example, I'm fair to. Like in pre-Islamic Arabia, baby girls were seen as something to be thrown away to the point where they would be buried alive. You understand? Mm. Islam stopped that practice. You understand? Women were seen as, like for example, women were taken from children that would be buried and were ashamed for their fathers because they wouldn't carry the lineage's name to becoming people who, if she's a mother, paradise is under her feet. If she's your daughter, she's a gateway into paradise. If she's your sister, she's someone that you should love and protect and uh, provide for. If there is no one else to provide for, or she can't provide for herself, for example. Uh, Islam elevated the status of women to the point where the first university in the world was the Karain University in North Africa, which was founded by a black African Muslim woman. Yung I don't know if you knew that. No, yeah, I didn't know that was Islam Yeah. So Islam has only ever wanted to elevate the status of women. Definitely, Muslims might want to suppress that, and they might want to like. I know, even I have a problem with like masjids that they don't leave any space for women to have a role mm. in how masjids are run or how sisters uh, get to benefit from the organization and the unity and community that they have to provide for them. Yeah. But it's something that we obviously need to work on as people. If we can just go back to the original sources of the religion, which is the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet to see how this is a generation of people who went from worshipping idols nah, like let's say now 2021 they're worshipping idols by 2050 they had conquered literally half of the known world at the time mm. and they didn't spread their religion with the sword as is the misconception they spread it through uh, commerce mostly like merchants would go to like how, how did Islam that I can definitely agree with like in Indonesia how did yeah. Islam spread was it through the sword of Arabs no. how because it was merchants who would stop when they see what's always cuts of tandas or sotandas, I wonder, but what are you guys doing? Nothing. We pray. Who are you praying to? As the conversation goes on, those people are like, I want to be in that. And for time, that's how it's like. Also, you've got money, bruh. So I want to do what you do. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I think we can debate the song, yeah. but I, I agree. I agree. Roundabout. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, roundabout, because I think it's a very nuanced and detailed thing that would go to and it wouldn't really lead anywhere. Because yeah. it would lead me back to saying, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So no, it's one of those things. Let's just go through the nuances, but at the end, we'd, we'd both Definitely agree on there are it. nuances. Yeah. So I can admit. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Any closing points, guys? Oh, jeez. Um, to our listeners, thank you for. If you've made it to this St- point, sticking with us for an hour and a half, <laughs> shout outs. Um, I would like to say for agnostic slash non-religious people, we really did take this quite far. 
I mean, there's maybe we're not lost hopes after all. Oh, maybe we're trying no to one's a lost hope. <laughs> maybe we're trying to prove that we're not against it. We just want to understand, yeah, and we don't agree. I think, I think, I think in society, the thing, the fact that we don't agree with it or we don't see things the same way now, and automatically we're clashing. No, yeah. we you just did. I can. Can I just commend you guys on doing way better than evangelicals would have in a conversation <laughs> like this? Because we left them behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're okay. no longer evangelize anyone we don't believe was sketchy it doesn't always have to end up in like a debate and a fight you just want to hear your, the other side you know yeah, like sure. I, I always maintain that that you will, in any issues that we're facing right now uh we will never learn anything or grow if we, no one wants to hear what the other side has to say exactly. you know, story. Um, so you've always got something to learn from the other side definitely always well, thank you so much, brother Karim. Thank uh, no you. doubt. Thanks for having thank you, you guys. Thank the knowledge, man. No doubt. Uh, can I just say uh, shout out to your guys' channel for inviting me. I pray that Allah increases your efforts in trying to share these issues that we're facing. I pray that uh, your hearts are opened, if not to Islam, at least to the beauty of the fact that as brothers and sisters in humanity, we should be there for each other. Yeah, we should we should shun this notion that uh, just because our worlds divide us, our skin colors are different, or our religious traditions differ, uh, we should we should therefore have no commonality. Because the the greatest common denominator amongst human beings is that we all bleed red, and we all one day will be hidden in the earth. So I thank you for at least approaching this with a tone and a moderate. Uh, Disposition, trying to get to the truth. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming through, brother. Shout out. Until next time, bye. Bye bye.